and welcome to the Making of an Exception podcast. If this is your first time tuning in, this podcast is for anyone who's looking to be inspired, to gain new perspective on life, or is aspiring to live out their faith in whatever field they find themselves in. Each week we'll be interviewing influencers and creatives who are exceptions to the rule. The fact that they've gone through what they've gone through, walked through the challenges and pain that they have, and have been gifted the way they've been gifted is what makes them an exception. Our goal is that you'd hear this story today and you'd be inspired and challenged to be an exception in the making. This is Kirk Graham, and you are listening to the Making of an Exception podcast. And today we've got Chris Masoglia. What's up, dude? Not much. Thanks, thanks for, for having here. me. Oh, bro, thanks for being here. It's an honor yeah. to have you on the podcast and to hear a little bit of your story today. Chris is an actor. Um, he's about to be a husband. He's engaged. Yeah. Congrats. Thank uh, you. Getting married in July yep. here. Um, and your fiance's name again is Shauna. I've never met her. Shauna. Yep. Yeah. Shauna sure Rodman. Awesome. Soon to be awesome. Shauna Masolia. There we go. How do you say your last name? Because maybe I just... Oh, no. It's uh, it's Masolia. It's Italian. Dude, I was so. doing Masoglia. Like, uh, oh, a lot of people like do Like Magnolia. It's, no, yeah. Mas- Masolia. <laughs> yeah, Masolia. There we go. got to do a little accent with it. Dude, that's awesome. <laughs> got a little Italian blood. Yep. It's amazing. Well, yeah. You, so you're an actor. Um, you, you're from Minnesota. Yeah. But somehow, um, you know... I, like at least, I mean, I've lived in Minneapolis for 10 years mm-hmm. and, uh, you were the first like legit, like, this is what I get paid to do my profession. Like the first actor that I ever met, you, know, you moved out to LA, um, did the whole Hollywood thing and then yeah. somehow moved back. We'll get like, we'll get into it. But, um, I think, uh, yeah, I, your story is amazing. Um, and your journey and, and who you are today, like and the whole point of this podcast is, you know, people that are exceptions to the rule and the fact that you love the Lord, like you do, um, you have the convictions, uh, about how you live your life, like you do, uh, yet you kind of walk through this industry, um, that is known as being at times a dark place, you know, and I'm, I don't mean to overgeneralize, but sure, at yeah. times it can maybe feel like that. And you probably have stories of just where your faith was tested or rooms that you've been in that were like, you know, maybe I don't know if I should be here. I don't know, should, you know, whatever. Um, but you, yeah, who you are today is proof that you're, I mean, you're an exception to the rule and I just think it's awesome. Yeah. The, the again, the character that you have oh, and thanks, who you man. are. So really it's an honor that. to have you here Thank today. You. So, Thank you. so yeah, the, I guess the first question I ask you is, uh, who, like who is Chris Masolia uh, today? <laughs> like what are you doing now? I already said it, but you're about to get married, but yeah. I, yeah. I mean, that's kind of the biggest thing on the radar right now. Uh, getting married in July. So a couple, couple months out. Um, it's kind of, kind of a, a big deal. So it's been yeah. kind of consuming She's a lot of my hometown, process. Right? Yeah. So, um, I grew up in Minneapolis in North Minneapolis and she grew up in Blaine, which is the suburb where I currently live. Yep. Um, and so she was kind of born and raised up in the North suburbs. And then I moved up to Blaine when I was 15. And so we kind of, kind of knew each other. And then she went to college and I was like, ah, she'll for sure find somebody in college. So, so before she went to college, you were interested, but it just like, it wasn't like, yeah, it was just kind of like, you know, I was young, I wasn't ready for a relationship. And then she went to college and I was like, okay, like she'll probably, you know, find somebody there. And then she didn't. And she came back and I was like, 
dang, okay. Still, <laughs> still available. Yeah, yeah. Let's do this. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. but in that time where she went to college, you you moved out to Hollywood. But before you go there, um, so you were raised in, in North Minneapolis, actually yep. probably just a little bit away from where we live now. Um, yeah. Uh, in North, my wife and I live in North. Um, yep. And uh, what was it like growing up in North Minneapolis? And what was your family life like? Yeah, so um, I actually grew up um, in the church, uh, I was actually homeschooled. So my parents moved to Minneapolis with a bunch of their college friends actually. And so they kind of all decided like they wanted to homeschool their kids together and kind of have this little community thing. And so I kind of grew up part of that. Um, but we would like, I played sports like at Patrick Henry high school and you know, did all that kind of stuff. Shout out to the Patriots. Yeah, exactly. Shout out to (laughs) Henry Patriots. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So so I, uh, you know, I kind of, you know, I was around, but I didn't like go to like a public high school or anything yeah. like that. Um, I was just homeschooled. And then, um, I actually got into acting when I was 10. Yeah, really? So I was kind of always doing the acting thing, even from a young age. Um, how did that, how, yeah, what was your first gig? Like your first opportunity? Yeah. So my first job was on a show called law and order. Yes. Um, but you're in Minneapolis. Like how did that? Okay. Yeah. So happen? how did I get into it? Um, like I said, I was homeschooled and my parents signed me up for this like performing arts class. And so it was jazz, tap dance, ballet, yep. hip hop, kind of the whole shebang. It's, it's actually still in uh, Northeast Minneapolis. It's called the Lundstrom Center for the yeah. performing arts. So no way. yeah, shout out to them if anybody wants to put their put kids my daughter in, in it. Yeah, yeah, no, seriously. It's Down a really, really good school. Wow. Um, we'll do a little hip hop dancing later. Can't yeah. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we don't have enough money for royalties for that, so no. we'll have to cut, <laughs> cut that, that out. Cut that out. Um, but yeah, so I was doing this program, and um, kind of at the end of the year, you do like a little performance thing. And this lady came yep. in, and she was like, "You're a really cute kid, you know. Do you want to yeah. audition for this Best Buy commercial?" And I was like, "Sure, why not?" Sure, you yeah. know. So I actually started doing um, a lot of like print work. Um, so like for like Target, modeling, yeah. yeah, print modeling. Like, you know, if you go into Target and you see like the banners for like the kids clothes, yes. and, you know, that like the you. kids. Yeah, that was me. No. Kids kind of like, <laughs> you're the guy playing basketball or whatever, you know. You're the so, kid that my mom was like, I want my son to look like this kid. <laughs> so I'm going to buy these clothes. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> no, we shot at Kohl's, so. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> Yeah. So anyway, I kind of started doing that. And then, um, I got an agent here in Minneapolis and then my first big audition was for a movie with Nicole Kidman. Yeah. Who was pretty big back in the nineties. Do you remember what movie Um, it was? Yeah. It was called the birth. Yep. It's, uh, it's kind of, it was kind of like a weird movie. I said, yep, like I've seen it. I've never seen it. Yeah. Sorry. (laughs) It's all good. It's kind of a weird movie. Um, it was about Nicole Kidman's husband, in the movie, Keith Urban. <laughs> no, <laughs> at the time I think she was married to Tom Cruise. Okay, but that yeah. was before he divorced her. Poor, poor lady. I felt bad for her during that. But anyway, <laughs> um, <laughs> so you didn't get that role. Well, my parents didn't want me to do it because, like Got I said, it. it was kind of weird. It was about like her husband who gets reincarnated as a ten-year-old boy, mm. and like they even have like some love scenes and stuff. And so it's like, yeah. no, kind of weird. Um, yeah, my parents not, were like, yeah, maybe not. <laughs> yeah, not the first so, option. Yeah, exactly. But because of that, I was able to go to New York yep. and um, I got an agent out in New York. I auditioned for uh, Spider-Man 2 with Tobey Maguire, the no original way. Spider-Man. Yep. 
and I got really, really close to it. Um, I didn't end up getting that one either, but kind of like, because of all that, a lot of the agents out in New York were like, Whoa, like who's this kid? You know, like, why is he here? What is he doing? Who represents him? You know, blah, 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 blah. And so I ended up getting an agent out in New York and then they were the ones who got me the audition for Law and Order because that shoots out there. And then, um, yeah, that was my first job. So You you landed an episode. Yep. Yep, so, it was a guest star. Do you know what number episode it is? <laughs> Probably not. I actually do. Just you do? Yeah, people ask people me ask all the time. time. Yeah. yeah, dude. It's uh, So it's Law & Order Criminal Intent. Yes. So you have to look up that one. But it's season three, episode eight. Season three, episode eight. It's I'm called watch Happy it, yeah. Family. Yeah. Happy Family. You probably wouldn't even recognize me. I'm like ten, literally like 11 or 10. So, yeah. yeah. What was that experience cool. like at being 11 years old, filming in New York? And, oh, man. I, mean, I what, thought I was so cool. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it felt like, man, you didn't have this dream for that long. Like it, like oh, it, no. But no now, way. like, your dream's true. Like, it's just happening. Yeah, that's totally how I felt. Like, like even when, you know, I auditioned for the Nicole Kidman movie, like they flew me out there, picked me up in a limo. Yeah, big shot. I mean, I I thought, I mean, I made three grand on the episode. I was like, yeah, it's huge. I could buy 300 game cubes. You know, I was like, <laughs> yes, I'm going to give a game cube to all my friends. Oh, you know? yeah. Did you? <laughs> no. But it was listening right now. They're like, yeah, oh, could I have a game? Cube? They all came to my house and played it. There, so you, go. Was, there, there you go. But um, no, man, I, I mean, I thought. I thought it was the coolest thing. And I was like, mom, like, I want to be an actor for sure. You know, just yeah, like, totally. just the whole kind of, you know, the money and just kind of how cool they make you feel and everything. I was like, I want to, I want to do this for sure. Yeah. So, so hooked me. So back to your family, do you have siblings? Yep. I'm the oldest of four. Um, I have sisters. a sister, uh, who's younger than me and then two younger than her, two younger brothers. So, yeah. And what are they doing today? Um, so my sister lives out in Seattle. She, um, kind of does like, uh, kind of ministry. She works at a youth center. Yep. Um, and then my, uh, my currently before I get married and move into my new house, Yes. um, me and my brothers are still living together. So I actually live Amazing. with my younger brothers. Yeah. It's pretty awesome. Like you guys are best friends. Yeah. We're pretty tight. Yep. That's so, awesome. Yeah, it's really cool. Um, my youngest brother is going to St. Thomas. He wants to do like business, be like the next CEO of 3M or something like that. Yes. And then uh, my middle brother is going to school to be a uh, history teacher. So he also does like a lot of handyman type stuff. So, so you're the only one that got into this world. Like, and it's, it's almost yeah. like a fluke that, it, I mean, it's not a fluke. I mean, God's working it out, but like, yeah, my sister did a Betty Crocker commercial once when she was a little like, syrup. 11. Yeah. Wait, is Betty Crocker syrup or is that pancakes like, or like, something? I think it's like all the above. It was like a cookbook or something like that. So. Yeah. Wow. But she's not doing that. No. Yeah. She never really got into it. I think my brothers could have, if they, you know, if they wanted to, but neither of them really like wanted to get into it. So yeah. for whatever reason, I was the only one who kind of went down the path. So, yeah. So, so while this is happening, I mean, informative years, like you're 10, 11, 12, this stuff seems to be like taking off opportunities. You're flying places and you're raised, you already said it, you're raised in a faith filled home, raised in the church, uh, kind of like learning the right way to go. I mean, your parents turned down that movie, like, uh, as a side note, like, were you like, well, mom, like dad, like, why can't, or were you kind of like, they didn't even let me read the script. Okay. So I didn't didn't even know know what was it about. I mean, I just knew like, you know, I wanted to do it. And then 
my parents, I don't know. I don't even really remember if they told me like they chose not to do it or they might've just been like, yeah, it didn't work out, you know? Yeah. So I don't know. Later you found out like, oh, that's that story. Yeah. So what was it like, um, you know, like speaking to your faith for, for a second, like for you personally growing up in that home, but then getting into this world early on, like as a kid, I mean, you're a kid actor and, um, you know, was there a moment for you where it's like, this faith is not just my family's faith. This is, this is for me. I believe this stuff and, and I'm, I want to choose to live this out, you know, and it looks different than the rest of the world. Yeah. Um, I actually, I mean, yeah, like you said, I, I grew up in the church, so I kind of always had a little bit of a faith. Um, but I do have uh, a moment where my faith really became my own. I was actually, um, doing a film. We were filming down in Louisiana and I was just really going through some stuff, like struggling kind of with like depression and just some different yeah. things. And, um, I came back and, uh, I was actually going to the church that I currently go to and, uh, I was just, you know, attending kind of with my family and, um, the, the preacher said like, all right, I feel like God wants to just speak something to someone here today. So everybody like close your eyes. And, and so I did that. And, um, I just kind of had this thought like pop in my head, like, Chris, you know, I love you. And then right after that, like before I even had time to process or anything, the preacher got over the microphone. He's like, there's someone in here today that God really wants you to know that he loves you. And right when he said that, like, I just like, I had the goosebumps and it was like, this is crazy. I was like, did God really just speak to me that, you know? And, And it had kind of been one of those things where it's like, you know, you grow up learning, you know, Jesus loves me. This Sing time. it, man. Sing it. No, you know, it's like, <laughs> you know, it's like you, you kind of feel like God loves everybody. Right. Yeah. But that was like the first moment where I kind of felt like, you know, God was like, no, like I love you, you know, and yeah. just it, it was so real and so personal. So, yeah, it's funny when you uh, like when you share that story. It sounds like any, maybe people listening, like it sounds like such a small thing or even a cliche thing. Like, yeah, I mean, you said exactly. it, like that's a song we sang, uh, Jesus loves the children of the world. I mean, obviously God, you know, the, yeah. the God we hear about, uh, he's love. We've all heard that. Uh, but like when you have an actual moment where it feels like God's speaking to you, even if it is something as simple as like, I love you, like the individual yeah. you, who you are, I made you, I'm with you, anything like that, that. Yeah. That, like when you share a story like that, it seems like a small thing, but I'm, yeah, I know as you're sharing it, like I know what it feels like to have like moments here and there. Cause I th- it's few and far between for me, like where I would have goosebumps or mm-hmm. I'm crying or like this major, major God moment or something like that. But every once in a while it feels like really personal, like God yeah. is speaking to me directly and that, that can be life altering, like in a moment. Right. Yeah. And it, 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 I think it was especially powerful for me, like in that moment too. just even, um, because like, like at the time I, I was kind of dealing with depression. And so, you know, like there was always all these like thoughts that were just like constantly like popping in my head, you know, yeah. like, you, you know, you suck or, you know, you're terrible or you're, you know, whatever the thought is. Yeah. But like, that was like one of the first kind of like positive things that kind of like popped in my head. And so it was just like, it was just so like surreal for me in the moment. Yeah. And it just, for me, it really solidified that like, wow, like, no, like, you know, God's real. And, you know, he has, he has an answer to 
what I've been feeling, you know, and just kind of the discouragement and hopelessness and all that kind of stuff that I've been feeling like God has an answer for that. Yeah. And so, um, that was, I think really, it was, it was kind of like, it was just such a key time for me. Yeah. It's like, yeah, the faith is, is your own. You believe the stuff because you had a moment with God. It wasn't just your parents telling you about God. It wasn't just like the pastor preaching a sermon. It was, uh, you had a God moment. And I know that that sounds cliche in and of itself, like, oh, it's a God moment or, you know, God ordained type thing, but God spoke to you, which is that like for you, not only that's kind of where it is personalized for you. This is who I want to be. This is what I believe. But also is that what helped kind of spark, maybe get you out of depression? What was the journey of, of yeah going through depression, thinking these thoughts? I think a lot of people think critical thoughts about themselves. I read somewhere. It's like the average person uh, has like 40 to 60,000 thoughts a day, like run through their brain. And it's like 70% of those are Gosh. negative. Wow. Um, which is like, when you think about that, um, you know, in an example, it's, so the book is, it's Stephen Furtick's book called crash to chatterbox. And he talks, he talks this example, like he's like an example of like as many thoughts. He's like, he, the, his alarm goes off in the morning and then he's, so he's feeling tired. I'm too tired. I went, I, he's, these are the number of thoughts. He's like, I went to bed too late last night. What was I thinking? I knew I, this is an important day, all this stuff, but then so tired. And then he snoozes and then, and then he snoozes his alarm again. And then by the time he's getting out of bed, he's thinking, man, I snoozed my alarm. I should like, I should have just got out of bed. I'm still tired. Uh, now I'm running late. I got to get in the shower. Then he gets, he gets in the shower and he goes, uh, he had turned the lights on, notice one bulbs out. And like, he wrote this whole example in his book, like now a light bulb, like I, I'm like, when am I going to change that light bulb? I'm, I'm, the, I'm the, I run this house. I'm the father and the husband. I can't even change a light bulb and I'm running late for work. And I, I got this <laughs> meeting I'm not even prepared for, you know, like these are all the thoughts before he even leaves the house, you Jeez. know, like, and yeah. so, but, that's that, but that's a lot of people. A lot of people yeah. have those thoughts. And so for you in a, in a moment of depression, I mean, you said a couple of them, but what were you processing there? And was that the moment that kind of helped bring you out? Like, man, Jesus said he loves you. That was, that was the starting point. Um, it was actually like a pretty long journey. So that was, um, that was when I was 15. And then my parents actually went through a divorce when I was 17. Hmm. So kind of from like 15 to 17, it was one of the hardest times of my life, but it was actually like one of the times where God was the most real to me. Yeah. And so, um, that moment where I was like, wow, God loves me. Like why me out of, you know, everybody in the universe and blah, 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 you know, yeah, it's kind totally. of a crazy thought. And so that moment for me kind of, um, kind of kickstarted me just on like this journey of just like, okay, God, you're real. I want to know you. Like, who are you? Like, why did you create me? Why did you open doors for me to be in acting? Like, what is my purpose? What's my destiny? What are, why did you create me? Why, you know, I just had like a gazillion questions, you know, or why are my parents going through divorce or like, why is this all going on in my life? And so what helped you, what helped you navigate those questions? I mean, I'm sure you're like, you're in church, you're, you're trying to like the Sunday school answers, like, well, you're reading the Bible, trying to find answers, things like that. But did you yeah. have solid people around you that are helping you process some of this major, I mean, those are major questions. Why am I on the earth? Why did you open these doors? Why are my parents getting divorced? Things like that. Yeah, totally. I, I mean, 
obviously like uh, actually after that moment <laughs> as cliche as it, as it is like the bible did like really kind of come alive to me for the first time which is really cool wow um but yeah i did have like just some really good friends in my life and uh, my pastor who is still just really big part of my life that you know just kind of like bouncing stuff off and talking through things and you know i don't think it's like i got all this clarity and like, this is the answer, you know, like, yeah. I feel like some of those questions, like I'm still walking through today, you yeah. know, like, that's a, that's a great point, you know, like why, why did you give me this acting gift? God, you know, that's something like yeah. I, I was praying about that last week, you know? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and so it's, it's, I think it's something that's ongoing, but I think, I think just knowing that God's real and yeah. that God has a plan and God has a purpose for you and your life and your gifting, I think, that's such an awesome starting point because it's like, it's almost like this mystery that you get to like yeah. seek out and it's like, God, like, what do you have? And like, you can kind of get to know God more and more as you go along the journey. Yeah. And I think that was one of the the biggest things for me that, um, God really, um, kind of taught me along my whole journey with acting is like, you know, more than just doing something for him or yeah. like accomplishing something or fulfilling a purpose or fulfilling even a destiny. Yeah. It's like God's more concerned about walking with you through the whole process. Yes. You know, and like what, Hey, like how's our relationship? Like, you know, just kind of like, like what, you know, just building that relationship with Jesus on a personal level and just walking through whatever you're going through with him, like on yeah. a daily basis. So it makes you think of like Adam and Eve in the garden and like, you know, God had given Adam and, uh, like, Hey, name all the animals and you're going to take dominion over it. Like, like you're the leader of this thing. Go yeah. for it. You know, like there's something for him to do, but, but the Bible also talks about how he walked with Adam. Like they walked in the garden. They just walked. So I think totally. there's something to what you just said about God has given gifted us for a certain reason to do some stuff. And we, we have a purpose here on planet earth, but he also is really, he really cares about walking with us yeah. and just you know, it's not just about the doing that we're on planet earth for. It's about we're on planet earth also to walk with God and to worship God and yeah, to be in relationship. Yeah. And be made in his image. Right. I mean, totally. A lot of people are like, well, Adam's whole thing was to take dominion over the earth. It's like, well, wait a minute. Like the first thing God said was let us make man in our image. Like yes. that's the primary, you know, calling over you know, humanity is to reflect the image of God. And, you know, I think just that whole picture of like a father and a son is just so yep. cool. Like the son wanting to be like his dad, you know, yes. and it's like, how do you become like your dad? You spend time, you know, you walk in the garden, yes. like you do that kind of stuff. And so I think that, um, yeah, man, that's right on. My goodness. That, yeah. Thanks for that. That's awesome. So, um, you eventually, as, as you grew up, eventually you moved to LA and yeah. moved out there to pursue it like full time. Like we're going to do this thing, like go big or go home type thing. Yeah. I never like, I never like totally sold out, go big or go home. What do you mean sold out? <laughs> I think it's awesome. Like faith, like I'm, I'm no, 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 not like, like sold out, like in the, like losing my faith way, but in like a moving out there, like I didn't yeah. like sell everything and move yeah, out there yeah. full time. I always just, um, would go out there for like three or four months at a so time. So home was still here, but right. you're out there for months at a time. Yep doing auditions, things yep. like that. Yeah. So, um, in LA there's what's called pilot season, which is when all the TV shows cast, um, the new, uh, shows, shows. for the next year. And mm -hmm. so, you know, like NBC, ABC, CBS, Fox, all of them, they'll put together like the top five comedies, the top five dramas, the top five, whatever. And then they'll, 
actually film all of them as pilots and then only a certain amount of them will ever actually reach the air. But because there's a lot of filming and just everybody's shooting a pilot, there's a lot of work. Mm-hmm. And so, um, I would always go out to LA for pilot season basically. Yep. And I would just do auditions, just kind of live out there. Sometimes my family would go like when I was younger, yeah. my whole family would go out there for a couple months. And no then, way. Yeah. What did more, your parents do that they could just leave for a few months? Uh, my dad was a chiropractor and so yep. he like owned his own chiropractic practices and he kind of got to the point where he could just kind of manage them yep. and he had other chiropractors that he would hire and they would Mm -hmm. come in and, um, he would just kind of be able to just kind of manage things from a distance. And then my mom, uh, homeschooled and just kind of helped my dad run the business. So it's awesome. So they had that flexibility. So you just all went out as family. Did your siblings like doing that? Um, yes and no. Some of them did. Some of them didn't. My sister's like, Mrs. Social Butterfly where like we would go somewhere and like we'd move into like an apartment building or like a neighborhood or something and she would have like 20 friends in a week and like (laughs) you know she would get invited to like all these parties and like all these kind of things and just she just that's just her her and her personality and so she liked it uh I don't think my younger brothers liked it as much but um you know, I think they, I think they had positive experiences like, you know, being on sets and whatnot is kind of cool and getting yeah. to meet like famous people and whatnot. And so it's, you know, it's kind of fun. There's some fun things about just doing it, but I think in general, they, they, they liked Minnesota better. Yeah. So, so throughout those years going, going to uh pilot season, <laughs> did you land in any pilots? Did you like, or shows that didn't make the air or did you like, what were the next kind of opportunities Yeah. So after the law and order thing, um, I, I got a pilot, um, for a show called medical investigations, which was on NBC for a year. Then I got a pilot, um, for TNT that was on for a year called wanted. Hmm. So I was on like 10 episodes of both of those shows. And then, um, I did a pilot for TBS, um, that didn't end up getting picked up. Um, and then my first film was when I was 13 and then I just kind of started doing more film than TV once I yeah. kind of got into like my teen. What was your first years. film? My first film was called a plum summer. It was like a family movie. Yeah. Um, not a lot of young people know, but like Henry Winkler, he was the Fonz in happy days. If yeah. you know, know that show, yeah. it's kind of like a older show, but yeah, a lot of, a lot of the older generation know him, but, um, yeah, it's just, and so from there I just kind of kept auditioning, kept auditioning and, um, my biggest role was uh, in a movie with Universal called Cirque du Freak. And I was like a $70 million budget. I was the lead yeah, in big it. Big movie. Yeah. Big movie all over the world. And um, yeah, I did, did a couple couple other films after that. And, you know, God, yeah, God really just kind of blessed it. You know, like I got to work with some Academy Award winners. Uh, I got to work with Zac Efron, Josh Hutcherson, yeah. John C. Riley, Selma Hayek. I mean, um, just just really, really felt the blessing of God, um, over everything. And then kind of going back to my parents getting divorced and kind of going through depression and stuff. I actually, um, decided to kind of, kind of lay down my acting for a while. Hmm. Um, so when I was 17, um, I was supposed to be in a movie with, uh, Selena Gomez actually. Yeah. And it would have been like, kind of like a big, 
big you deal, know, big yeah. deal for my career and all that. And so I decided not to do that. And then I had to do, um, one movie that I was kind of like already on contract to do. Mm -hmm. Um, but then when I was 19, I decided just to kind of take a break and like move back to Minneapolis full time, not really go to LA anymore. Um, got a job at Costco working in the deli, just kind of like no way. making salads, harvesting rotisserie but, chicken. So, so why did <laughs> like, like what was, I I know, like may and maybe it's parents divorce and some of that stuff that like the difficulty of it. But did you also feel like, did it feel like God is saying, Hey, all of this stuff is becoming too much in your life in the sense of like, it's becoming who you are. Like, or any, any type of like, did it feel like correction from God or just like test of obedience or like something like that? Do you feel like God saying, yeah. Hey, just lay it down for yeah. a bit? Yeah, totally. I, um, I mean, I remember, I remember the moment, like I was in my car in this parking lot and I just kind of felt like God was like, I want you to lay down your acting. And I was like, mm. what? You know, I was like, I just, I remember I started crying. I was like, dang, like, God, why would you want me to quit? Like, why would you want me to stop? Like after you've given this to me, yeah. like you've obviously gifted me in this, like why? Like that does not make any sense. And you know, I don't, I, I think it was just part of my journey that God, I mean, God knows what we need to go through. And, um, you know, I, I, I know I would not be in the same place that I am in today as far as like my relationship with Jesus. Like if yeah. I hadn't, um, I never was like crazy. Like I never got into like drugs or partying or, yeah. you know, anything crazy like that. It wasn't like my acting was, you know, a snare that was pulling me away or, you know, like anything yeah, totally. crazy, but it was just, it was just something that God wanted me to do for a season. And, um, you know, it was like looking back as like, whoa, that was huge. Like that was like, you know, those years were super formative. Working uh, in the deli was yeah, formative. It was. Yeah. Dude, I had never had a real job, you know, yeah. like, um, you know, I, I didn't know what it was like to like work past the point of exhaustion, you know, like I'd be like, oh, I'm kind of tired. And it's like, too bad. You got four more hours, you know, yeah, you <laughs> it's like, I never knew stop. that. Yeah. I never knew what that was like. Cause I'd always be like, Oh, I'm going to go chill in my trailer. Like I need a break yeah. <laughs> like, or whatever, you know, it's just, yeah. So it was really, it's really, really good for me. Um, and beyond just like the, the, the practical stuff, just being able to really have like a season of seeking God, like more than just, you know, kind of one or two experiences, but actually like saying like, okay, God, like I want to give my life to you. Yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. You know? And like, God's like, well, I want you to lay down acting. It's like, what? It's like, no. the one thing. it's yeah. like, why? And God's like, well, I thought you wanted to give me everything, you know? So it's just, it was a really, it was a really formative season for me. And, uh, and he let you pick it back up. Yeah. And so what was the, you know, what was the moment of going from working at Costco in the deli, slicing meat, which is, you know, shout out to all the deli people out there. I don't know. <laughs> uh, but uh, the moment is where he's saying, hey, here's an opportunity and you can take it. Yeah. So um, I, I hadn't really been doing auditions. I So my agent in New York also had a L.A. branch. And so they were the main ones who excuse me, would give me all my auditions and stuff. Yeah. Um, and so I, I hadn't really been doing auditions, but like I had still had my agent, um, yeah. and my manager out in LA and they would like kind of every now and then they would like send me something be like, Hey, yeah. do you want to audition for this? I'd be like, no. <laughs> and, uh, or sometimes I would, you know, just kind of like send a tape 
And, uh, but I hadn't been doing auditions for like a couple of years. Um, so from the point I was like 19, I think was my last time going out to LA, like in 2011. And so from 2011 to 2015, I hadn't gone out to LA at all. Yeah. Hadn't really been doing auditions. And, um, my pastor was watching this movie, um, called God's not dead, yep. which is like a Christian film. And he was like, Hey Chris, I just watched this movie called God's not dead. I was like, oh yeah, that's cool. I heard about that. Yeah. And he's like, you should do a movie like God's Not Dead. And I was like, uh, I don't know. I mean, Christian films kind of cheesy sometimes. I was like, I don't, I don't really know if I want to do that. And um, so I just kind of threw it off as like, okay, whatever. Yeah. Three days later, I get an email uh, from my manager and it says, audition request Christmas Solia because of Gracia from the co-producers of God's Not Dead. Crazy. Like three, three days, days later. later. Three days later, I get an email like from the producers of the film that yep. I just had this conversation with my pastor about. And so I was like, it's like, okay, like maybe I should audition for this, you know? And so uh, I decided to do it and um, I ended up getting it. And that was like such an awesome experience. And so... Um, Kind of since yeah, the then, the movie I've, came out last year. Yeah, yep. The film came out in uh, theaters in September yep. last fall. So, it just came out on DVD um, right now. But yeah, it was it was one of the best experiences of my life. Like it was so awesome. Yeah, I, th I you know I'm just guessing, but it's like half like back. You're back acting, and it's amazing. Yeah, like like this is what I was made for, or like to an extent, like this is a gift that God's given me. And I, and but then the other half is like. God freed you up. Like, like you get to go do it. Not that you weren't free before. I'm just saying, right. Like, no, it was like, like something that you wanted to do that you laid down mm -hmm. and, and he brought you back into it. And so yeah. like the feeling on both ends of like, I'm acting again. And also like, I can't believe God's letting me do like, he's not, yeah. he's not letting you do it, but it's just, yeah, his voice in our life. Like sometimes he says, not now, not yeah. yet, not yet, you know, totally do it now. Yeah. You know? Which is awesome. It's so so yeah, cool, so yeah. because of Gracia, that yeah. was, I don't know if you want to talk about that a little bit. Um, and it just it did just come out, but sure, um, yeah, like that experience or that story. I know a part of that part of it wasn't just hey, these are the producers. God's not dead, but also the story that it tells um, that you're passionate about too. And if you want to share a little bit of like the premise of that. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, it's like a coming of age teen romance. Um, and like you said, I mean, it, uh, like I'm, I feel like super grateful that God let me be part of this film because I think it is really different than a lot of Christian films in a lot of ways. Um, specifically because it's, it's really geared toward high schoolers yep. and, um, there's a, there's a lot of different kind of issues, but at the core it's about dating and relationships. Yep. It's about four teenagers kind of going through high school and like trying to navigate relationships and dating and sex and yep. teen pregnancy and like, how do you deal with all that kind of stuff? And, um, I was actually just talking about with my friend, um, cause one of my close friends is getting married too. And it's like, we were just going through like the pre-marriage stuff and like talking about how little you talk about sex in yeah, the church. Totally. Like it's crazy. Like no one talks about it. Like yeah. you hardly ever talk, you know, about it. There's hardly any like sermons just on like sex or sexuality or like, 
you know, God's I mean, I don't view know. on yeah, God's view on sexuality or yeah. purity or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, it's just like it's it's almost like kind of this like taboo thing to like yeah, talk about. It's and, almost like you know, it's kind of like the youth group thing. Like once a year, we're gonna do this purity platoon thing. You're gonna sign contracts. <laughs> nobody's having sex. You know, like that type of thing. Yeah, like th- those are the stories that I like hear about. But yeah, yeah you're right. Like. Um, I think, I think I know of a few that have like, are trying to talk about it more and make it less taboo of an issue. Like, yeah. I think uh, sometimes it feels like some issues in the church are swept under the rug. Like, yeah. like, like, yes, that's an issue. Yes. It's something that like culturally. It's not a normal with. thing yeah. to talk about. Yeah, totally. But it's a normal part of life. Yeah. You know, that's like what me and my friend are talking about. Like, this is going to be a normal part of our life. And you know, like we haven't talked about, about it yeah. at all. <laughs> yeah. So it's like, you know, I think it's, I think, uh, just sexuality, dating relationships, teen pregnancy, just a lot of those kind of things are like really, really important. Um, and so because of Gracia, I think really, um, kind of like brings up some of those in a, in a really cool way. Yeah. And I think it really connects with, with young people. Um, when we came out in theaters, everyone like loved the film. We had a hundred percent on Rotten Tomatoes and just like people, people really liked it. Yeah. People really liked it. People really liked it a lot. So, so we're excited for the DVD to come out. Um, it's on our website right now. Yeah, uh, where, where is that website? Uh, because of Gracia.com. Um, Gracia is G R A C I A. So yep. because of Gracia and you can buy the DVD online and then it'll hopefully come out, um, like in all the major retailers, uh, end of summer. So, yeah. Do you know if it'll hit anything like that streams, like, or like iTunes store or anything like yep. that? Yeah. yeah. It'll hit so all those. Yeah. Amazing. So you can find Chris Masolia. Yeah. It's awesome. And yeah. uh, what, so what are you working on now? So you're about to get married, which is the biggest focus. And we can talk yep. about that because I've been married six years and it's the Woo-hoo. best marriage is the best dude. That's awesome. And uh, we're about to have another baby, actually. Congrats. Uh, so That's super so cool. stoked to have two baby girls. Um, but yeah, we're, awesome. yeah, what are you working on now? Uh, so I did a film called The Lumber Baron. Yep. Um, it's like a period piece about lumberjacks. So that was kind of fun. What was your role in the movie? Um, I played um, the uh, stable boy who kind of nice. like ends up taking over the camp. So nice. yeah. So I, uh, the stable boy. <laughs> yeah. I'm like the, I'm like the, the, the keeper of the horses. Nice. So it was like the, like late 1800s kind of like, yeah. you know, when they had those like massive horses carrying the logs. Mm-hmm. So I, I got to work with some like pretty cool horses and actually like ride them and like drive them and stuff. So did you want to ride cool. horses before this deal? Yeah. Yeah. I had done it for a couple movies before. So, so you learned how to ride a horse to be in a movie. That's originally how you did it. Um, man, I don't know. I don't remember. I think so. I think I had like taken horse lessons when I was a kid. So I kind of knew a little bit. Um, but then, yeah, I had to take lessons for a film, um, that I did on the Hallmark channel. Um, that was kind of like about horses and stuff. So I did, I did horse riding (laughs) lessons for that. Nice. When does the lumber baron come out? Um, hopefully fall. Yeah. Yeah. There's still, I mean, it's always kind of depending on distribution and, you know, marketing and all that, but hopefully fall. So yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Um, like when you think about your life, I I like asking this question. Um, I think I know what some of the, some of the answer will be, but, um, when you think about your life and decisions that you're making and, you know, you have a career that like could, I mean, depending on what God opens up for you, I mean, it could, just be, be a real demand and a lot of travel and a lot of like, yeah, just doing it. Like 
what are they, like who, who like what's the type of man you want to be like what what are the things that really matter to you and in, in your character obviously your relationship with the lord um that you just want to make sure you always keep kind of in line the rest of your life you know because because we live in a world where people get caught up in career caught up in success caught up in fame caught up in whatever uh and they let things slide that that you know what I would say are a little bit more important. Like, yeah. So well, I was actually at a wedding last night and I heard a pastor talk about how character is the most important thing. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that up. was awesome. I, yeah, I officiated a wedding that you were at last night. Yeah. I appreciate that. It yeah. was awesome. No, but it's true, man. I mean, I think character is probably one of the most important things, you know, cause you can, you can be the most gifted, the most talented, um, but you know, if you're lacking in character, I mean, you can fall just like that yeah. and, um, everything that God's given you and blessed you with family, career, ministry, all that, I mean, can just fall away in a moment, yeah. you know, all it takes is one moment. Um, and so I just, I think for me, a couple of things like just really, um, you know, being on guard and, and being above reproach, um, a couple of things that I do that I want to always do is, um, just be in accountability, like yep. have accountability relationships, you know, just, um, live totally in the light, like not hide things from people, yep. you know, whether that's my wife or just like friends, brothers that I'm like, you know, just accountable to real with like, Hey, this is what's going on in my life. You know, yep. I think a lot of people can sometimes just get caught in like, Oh yeah, I'm doing good. Or like, Oh yeah, I'm doing good. And, you know, maybe share like, yeah, kind of am struggling with this or whatever, but they don't, necessarily always just get to like the heart yeah. of the issue. Yeah. And so I think just kind of being willing to have a couple people, um, that I like really share everything with, I think yep. is kind of a big thing. I mean, everyone talks about, you know, vulnerability is kind of a keyword right now, but I mean, you can't be vulnerable with like everybody, you know, Yeah. <laughs> like it just doesn't work. Like yeah, you, you're not going to share everything with everybody. Yeah. Like you have to have like a couple people that you can just share like everything with no matter yep. what, you know? And so I know that I always want to have that. Um, and then, you know, just being in the word, honestly, like just being a man of the word. What does that look like for you? Um, like devotionally daily, um, like what, what's that routine for you? Uh, so my, my pastor, um, kind of like talks about, uh, when he was in China visiting some of the persecuted church, like they had the saying is called no Bible, no breakfast. And so no it was way. like, like, you know, it's like, Hey, like just put the word first in your yeah. life. Like, you know, the word is really what feeds you, what sustains you, what's going to help you get through the day. Yeah. And so, you know, just put, putting the Bible, um, before your first meal. Yeah. It's a pretty, uh, you know, it kind of sounds crazy to a lot of people, but you know, it's kind of just part of my life now. So, yeah. So for you, is it like, like, you know, if, if you got busy stuff going on, you stayed up late or whatever, like, is it like five minutes? Like, this is kind of nitty gritty. Like actually, like, what does your morning look like? Is it an hour? <laughs> like, like is Chris, well, I get my coffee. Is Chris up at 3am, uh, praying. Yeah. Yeah. Not quite. No. I mean, I, uh, I mean, I try to read a good chunk yeah. of the word. I mean, like five to 10 chapters, um, just kind of, just really diving in and, yeah. and whatnot. I don't always do that, obviously. Um, and you know, I mean, I'm not like legalistic about it. Like if it's a crazy day or something, I need to yeah. like eat or something. Cause I know I'm going to be like working out or something, yeah. you know, it's like whatever, but, um, yeah, normally just try to try to put the Bible first, you know, yep. in my morning and, um, read a good, read a good portion of it and just, yeah, 
just kind of build that into my life. So yeah. Do you, ha- do you have any, um, and that's a good answer by the way. I think it's awesome. I mean, yeah. I mean, me too, me too. I'm five to 10 chapters every day, just every day, man. You know what I'm saying? Just it's my, it's my journey. Five to ten <laughs> chapters. I'm just kidding. Sometimes it is that. But, uh, there's, yeah, there's probably people listening like five to 10 chapters. Like, Oh my gosh. Like well, it's I'm crazy. never doing that. It's like, crazy I can't because that. if you think about, think about the I'm hours. I'm not making fun of you, by the way. I think it's, it's amazing. Okay. It's okay. <laughs> I can take it. If you think about the hours, like, especially like my friends, I yeah. mean, I don't know about everybody, but like, if you think about the time that you spend in front of media. Oh, dude, just look at social media. You can look at, on, you look it's on your like, phone. It's under the settings and battery. You can look per app it's at crazy. how long you've been on each app per day or like in the last three days. It's pretty crazy. And if you think about what's, what's shaping your thought, what's shaping your outlook on life, what's shaping your worldviews, like, you know, what you take in is going to shape you know, your thought patterns and who you are. And so it's like, you know, you know, if I'm going to be spending like five hours a day in front of a screen or reading the news or watching a TV show or watching movies or whatever, like it's not that big of a deal to spend 45 minutes, like in God's word, you know, like what does God have to say about all this stuff? You know? So dude, my goodness. It's awesome. I'll just be up at uh, (laughs) 5 a.m. tomorrow ready to go. Uh, I'm just kidding. No, I'm the same way. I think uh, I do. A lot of people do have heard of like doing soap. So like scripture, scripture, observation, application, prayer. So waking up and, and in the morning too. And and I, I, I look at the life of Jesus, you know, he, he would get up and, and spend time alone with the father, you know, like, yeah. and, and I think it's David that writes, uh, in Psalms talking about like in the morning, like that's when he's spending time with you. And so not that, again, it's not a legalistic thing. Read the Bible right. whenever you're going to read the Bible. It's the Bible's awesome anytime. Yeah. Uh, but totally. for me, uh, morning is when my brain is the freshest, the clearest. Yeah. And, um, my, I'd like to give God my best, you know, like my totally. best time. So like when I'm most focused and it kind of goes back to what you were sharing about that, that the dude who is having like the negative thoughts, like, yeah. Oh, I just snoozed my alarm. Yeah. Oh, I didn't make yeah, it for this. Oh, I didn't you make it. Rewire your day yeah. by starting with positivity. Yeah, I exactly. Hijacked your example, but that's fine. It was your example originally. So. <laughs> yeah. Dude, it was. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, it's a great way to start. And yeah, uh, it's, and it's, there's proof in it in the fact that you are who you are today, you know? Um, again, this podcast is called the making of an exception. And part of what we're talking about is that you're an exception to the rule. You know, there's yeah. a lot of, and you, you know, a lot of actors and people in, in your field where their life looks a lot different than yours. And it's not, uh, I'm, I don't mean to say better or worse in the sense of like, oh, you're, you know, you're better than them or right. anything like that. But the outcomes, what you said it, like what comes in comes out, you know, and the outcomes of some people's lives that are not, and for me, when I was in high school, I wasn't, I was exploring all different ways to satisfy, you know, this, whatever it may be. And a lot of it had to be with like, I want to, I want to be cool. I want to be like everybody else. I didn't want to just be the pastor's kid, all that stuff. Yeah. Kind of searching for this satisfaction. And, um, and that got me like the outcome of that got me into a ton of trouble and it got me into a ton of pain and it got me in feeling like guilt and shame about things that I had, I carried for years that I uh, like still, you know, to this day, make sure like, am I healthy on some of these things of who I used to be, you know, but then since 18 years old and into college and I'm still not perfect today, you know, we'll never be perfect, but, um, like, uh, living, trying to line my life up biblically, 
with how God says we should live and how we can live because of everything that he's done for us. Yeah. There's an outcome to my life that's very much different than the outcome that I had when I was in high school, you know? Yeah. And uh, yeah, to be married to the woman that I'm married to, to, to have kids that are awesome, uh, to enjoy life at this level, to not, you, you said to have everything in the light, you know, to not have, I remember those years like feeling like, there's a bunch of stuff I'm hiding, you know, yeah. a ton of stuff that I'm yeah. hiding and now it's all out there. And yeah. my wife knows everything that I've done. Like, and it, there's this, this feeling of like, man, it just, there's, there's heat, there's health and healing. Yeah. It's like a, a weight's yeah. lifted off, you know? And I think, cause it's like when stuff is hidden, it's like the shame and the condemnation is just crazy. Yeah. Here's a question. How, how do you keep things? Cause you're not perfect either. Right. Um, but like, how do you keep things in the light? Cause I, th I think sometimes people feel like they had this come to Jesus moment. Um, uh, and, and things got out there about who they were, what they were, but then they slip back up into something or they do something in, they fail again. And this guilt or the shame or this like feeling like I need to hide this, um, you know, how do you keep things in the light? You know, and I don't, I don't know if you have a good answer or example of that, but yeah, I mean, I, for me, it's like, I, you know, I have like just a weekly meeting with like some people that I trust and we just, we share. Yeah. Know? It's that practical. It's, it's that yeah. practical. You just get it out, you know? Yeah. And I think, I think that's, it's, it's just, uh, it's just getting it out, you know? Yeah. And I think obviously like it really, goes against your pride and you know you wanting to think that you can do it and you can be better but i mean that's the whole thing that jesus did it for us you know yeah. and like you can't be perfect in your own strength and like you are gonna fail and just learning to just really rely on him and and having his grace come and help us say no yeah. to sexual immorality or you know whatever our struggle is or, you know, just temptation or pride or whatever. But it's like, you know, God, God walks with us and teaches us step by step along the way. Yeah. But if you're not walking in the light, a lot of times you're going to miss those steps. Yeah. And so it's just going to be this like continual downward spiral instead of kind of like this upward climb yeah. towards what God's called you to. Makes you think of the, the verse. Um, I don't know where it is. It says, uh, God's word is a light into our, uh, path a lamp to our feet a light to our path you yeah know? and and staying in the light staying is exactly what you said and how you live your life staying connected to the word of god yeah. um and so that he, it illuminates kind of where we're stepping you know and so if you want to take the right next step yeah uh, maybe a good place to go is to the word of god you know maybe you've never done it before maybe you've never read a verse before but but yeah. if 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 this thing is true you know and i think that that's side note, like a fair thing to say to God, like, God, yeah. if you're real, if this thing is true, like it's okay to totally. God, the God of the universe can handle that little bit of doubt in that statement. Like if yeah. this is true and he's powerful enough to prove himself to anybody. Yeah. Um, but even one, one moment in scripture, one moment, you know, the word of God is living, it's active. Um, it's sharper than any two edged sword. Like that's, that, that's what the Bible says about itself, which is like gangster, like awesome. <laughs> like, yeah. um, but yeah, if that's you, so if true. you're trying to make the next best step and you have been making poor steps, yeah. a good place to go. Um, and your life's proof of it because of who you are, you know, it's yeah. awesome. What are you looking forward to? 
Well, uh, Gold, obviously Gold getting, getting married yeah, is just like, I know I've probably said that like four or five times in this interview. <laughs> that's, that would be appropriate for somebody that's yeah. about to get married. Yeah. I'm looking forward to getting married. Looking forward to having sex. There you go. Yes. Talk, talk about it. Let's talk about that. No, Let's talk more about sex. Let's do that. No, just, no, kidding. just kidding. Um, kind of, but, yeah. um, you're not kidding. Yeah. You're not, ki- not kidding, but yeah, you know, it's, whatever. It's great. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, yeah, so really looking forward to getting married, um, starting a family. I mean, just kind of having like a home, family of my own. I mean, I just like, I'm just, oh, there's something so cool about that. Really looking forward to that. Um, yeah, like acting wise, uh, there's a couple things this summer that um, like I'm really praying the Lord will open up the doors for that could be mm-hmm. really cool. Um, I've always kind of had it in my heart to do like a youth film camp. So mm-hmm. just to kind of encourage like young people, I, I think it's such a cool day and age that we live in. Like anybody can make a movie, you know, anybody can make a short film, just like yep. whipping out their iPhone and shooting it in 4k and learning how to edit. And, you know, it's just, it's such a cool time for creators to just be able to like release content that yeah. inspires and brings hope and just brings life and joy to people. And so, um, you know, like you never know, like, who might see your little short film, yep. you know, on YouTube and decide, you know, you're the next big thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Or even like, you know, thinking about like, you know, you might touch somebody's life for the yep. Lord, like over in Korea or, you know, like yep. Russia or something. It's like, you never know. So I think it's just such a cool time. And so, um, I've kind of wanted to do like this youth film camp, um, just to kind of like inspire and just, teach, uh, teach, um, some different things about film, like the technical aspects of it. Obviously acting is my strong suit. Um, like kind of character development, storytelling, like what are the good, good, uh, key elements of a story, that kind of thing. And so, um, I kind of wanted to do that for a while. So we're looking at doing that, um, kind of the end of this summer potentially. And so you're going to try to do it this year. Um, is that going to be like up in Blaine or something that's like Minneapolis, anybody can come. Is it for, I mean, you said youth, so like middle school, high school, people. Uh, high are, school. Yeah. It'd be high school. Yeah. So the first one would be high school and I'm still like not a hundred percent sure I'm going to do it, but we're looking at, um, there's a Christian school, um, over on the West side of the cities. That's really interested in kind of doing it like as, as a summer program, as yeah. like a summer elective awesome. and it would be open to everybody, Anybody, but yeah. this school would like host it and yeah. we could use all their equipment and like, it'd be really cool. Yeah. Amazing. So, um, yeah, so that's kind of up in the air. And then, um, like my whole heart with that is because for me, I know like I learn best by just experience and by, you know, actually being on a set. Like I went to film, film school. Um, and I was like, Oh my gosh, like they don't know anything. Like, (laughs) like I know that you went to film school. Yeah. I went to film school for like a, I don't really want to say it because I okay. just said yeah, that. Yeah, sure. <laughs> you guys don't know what you're doing. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, I went to this school for like a semester and I was taking a couple of their film classes and I was like, oh my gosh, like this is like yeah. painful. Like, and I just, I learned so much just from being on a set and watching directors and watching uh, DPs and lighting guys and gaffers and just, you know, you, you kind of absorb so much. You just spoke another language to be honest. Oh, okay. So. Sorry. So gaffers are like sound guys. Um, for gaff tape, different thing. Oh no, sorry. Never mind. Gaffing, uh, gaffers are like, um, the, uh, lighting people. My bad. I mix those up. Um, DPs is director of photography. Um, obviously director, you know what that Uh, is. What's a grip? 
a grip. So the grips kind of like move everything and they're basically like the muscle of the set. So a lot of times you'll have a grip probably. Yeah. I can see that. You can tell. Oh yeah, totally. I'm built. (laughs) I'm built to be a grip. Yeah. They like we you know when you see like the camera movements like yeah. where it's like a slow push they're in or pushing whatever. camera. A lot of times they're on like these massive carts like on tracks and stuff, and it's it's pretty actually like you need like the skill to be able to like kind of push it like at the right pace, and then like yeah. kind of, you, there's like this knob that you turn and it kind of lifts everything up, and so it's you know to kind of get that artistic like you would think you'd, it will be like on an iPad and a controller, not like pushing stuff. Probably will be pretty soon, yeah. So unfortunately, my, my calling is out the window. That's what you're saying? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. So you're looking forward to some of that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, kind of a lot of different projects up in the air right now. And you were talking, you you were mentioning you learn best, like on the, on the job, learn best on the set. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. So kind of going back to that. So the film camp, what I think would be really cool is to have like, do like four or five days of like the film camp Mm -hmm. and then have like four or five days where all the kids could come to an actual set. Oh yeah. And so, um, it's like, that'd be a kid's dream. Yeah, exactly. And so then that way, like if you're into directing, you can shadow the director. If you're no into way. like lighting, you can shadow like the gaffer, or the lighter, you know, yeah. if you're into sound, you can shadow the sound person, you know, and just kind of like see what they do and how they do it and ask some questions and stuff like that. So, um, we're trying to get a, uh, I, uh, there's a producer friend of mine who lives up in Ramsey who's done two like yep. kind of a uh, medium sized, smaller budget films in Minnesota. Yeah. And so um, we're talking with him about trying to, if he gets his production kind of going towards the end of the year, then kind of folding the film camp into that. But it's all kind of still yet to be formed. So. Yeah, it's awesome. Well, dude, I just want to say thanks so much for being on the podcast dude, today and hanging out me, for a little man. bit and your story, yeah. your journey, uh, all the do- all the doors that God's opened for you. Yeah, uh, it's amazing, and just I think it's like just the beginning too. And the things thanks, that man. you mentioned of the things that matter to you, like family, and like building a good family, yeah. uh, uh, being a good dad, being a good husband, all that stuff, like you are already all of that stuff is inside of you, you know, and Thanks, uh, God's already put it there. So yeah, just, I'm stoked for you to be, yeah, become a husband and to get married, but to also see what happens with your career and just believe in that it will continue to just take off. And even this youth idea too, like if that happens this summer, this summer, I know you told me probably a year ago or a year and a half ago, like that's something yeah. that's like, it's always, it's been on your heart for a while to, to kind of, train especially in minnesota it's not like acting's not necessarily the biggest deal like if you go in la right. maybe everybody wants to be an actor i don't right. know yeah. but um in minnesota it's 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 kind of few and far between that you meet like an actor or you hear about a movie that's filming or something like that so for right. teenagers here that would have some of those giftings or passions i think it'd be awesome so yeah. who knows like if it'll take off this yeah, summer we'll or, see. uh but i'm hoping for it but thanks so thanks, much man. for being here uh yeah. where can people find you on on the web like if if they're looking they want to find any of your stuff like i mean they google you but yeah yeah so uh i i have a website with a little bit of info on there uh chrismasolia.com otherwise i'm on yep. twitter instagram all that kind of stuff uh at chrismasolia so there it is. Yeah, there it is. Awesome. Two questions before we leave. What's your favorite Sweet. book of all time? All right. Um, 
Uh, there's this book called Last of the Breed by yes. Louis Lamore. It's a really cool story. I really want to turn it into a movie. It's about um, this. Uh, I've never thought that about a book ever in my whole life. It's, this story really? is so good. I want to turn it into a movie. Really? No, I never oh. thought that. Yeah. Maybe I've thought like, I wonder if this will become a movie or okay. like, yeah. or you, usually it's been like, um, the, I've seen the movie and then I want to read the book, which oh, is gotcha. backwards. A lot of people read the book and it's like, now right. it's going to become a movie. Yeah. It's like, if I like the movie, go back and read the book. Yeah. Um, or because of Gracia, they uh, wrote the book after the movie. So there's a book because of Gracia. Out. It's is out. Your, is your it's picture on it? Oh yeah. Just yes, like the DVD dude. color. <laughs> yes, bro. I'm yeah. going to go find that book. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sounds good. It's in Barnes and Noble because of Gracia. Yep. Maybe. Okay. So that's your favorite book. What's, I mean, what's the book about? Do you, okay. Yeah. You so, um, it's about, it's a really cool story called the last, last of the breed. breed. It's about this, uh, native American, uh, air force pilot who gets shot down over Russia, like during the cold war. And he has to use kind of like his, uh, like kind of like instincts and like his training, like growing up, like on the reservation and like, is this a true story? I, I think it's based, based on a on true story. Yeah. No it's pretty sick. So it's kind of like him surviving in Russia, like being hunted and chased and, but using the, the skills that you learned as a native American. Yeah. Yeah. It's really cool. Wow. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. So uh, it's one of my favorite stories. It's pretty sweet. Last of the breed. Yep. Uh, and then uh, second question, last question is, yeah. uh, for those of you that are following your footsteps, obviously you have a passion to, uh, train up young people and, and teach them about the film world and all that. Uh, but it, people that are following your footsteps that might, might follow you, um, what's one piece of advice that you, you'd give them? Yeah, I, I think I'd just say, um, you know, just put your relationship with Jesus first, you know, cause I think a lot of, a lot of people that like me grow up in the church, it's like, Oh, I, I want to do this for you, God. Or like, Oh, I want to like, you know, bring you glory through what I can do. But it's just so, I mean, it's like, yeah, God wants us to bring him glory, but like if we're focused on our relationship with him, that's going to happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like if you're walking with God, like you're going to be a witness to him. Like people are going to see that you're different. People are going to see, you know, that you have a joy and a hope and an outlook that other people don't. And so I think the biggest thing is just like, just put, just, just prioritize God first in your life and, yeah. you know, just put your relationship with Jesus. Um, number one, whether that's like your time or, you know, how you, how you spend your day or whatever, or however that looks for you, but just kind of like prioritizing, prioritizing your relationship with Jesus. That's great, bro. Love you. Thanks for being here. If you've enjoyed this podcast, be sure to head over to iTunes and leave us a review. You can also subscribe to us on YouTube or anywhere else podcasts are found. To stay connected with what we're doing, you can follow us on Instagram at Exception Podcast and visit our website at ExceptionPodcast.co. New episodes are releasing every Tuesday. If you know someone who's an exception to the rule and want us to share their story, you can let us know on our website. We're always on the lookout for new stories to share. Shout out to our producer, Tissel, and my name's Kirk Graham. Until next time, as a rule, be an exception to the rule. Peace.